And so I think it's going to make us strong. And so we're going to be an unmovable force here in Acapulco. And we want it to, we want to give Acapulco back its glory, but in, in the name of Jesus, you know, that it would be credited back to Jesus Christ, that Acapulco would be heard of again, but not so much because of the beaches, but because the Lord's doing something. We want people to hear Jesus Christ moving in Acapulco. Welcome back to another episode of On the Ground with Samaritan's Purse, where we take you to the front lines and behind the scenes of our work around the world. I'm your host, Christy Graham, and you just heard from a local pastor in Acapulco, Mexico, named Hassan. At the end of October, what started out as a tropical storm quickly intensified in a matter of hours, and it hit the coast as a Category 5 storm. It caught the community of Acapulco completely off guard and destroyed an estimated 85% of the city. Samaritan's Purse has a long history in Mexico, and we have many church partners there. This response is especially unique because multiple departments across Samaritan's Purse, who traditionally work in different areas around the world, came together to work in Jesus' name. Typically, when an international disaster hits, a disaster assistance response team deploys. These teams have the capability to help with things like providing clean water, distributing food, and other much-needed supplies. In the case of a U.S. disaster relief, an army of volunteers are mobilized to help in the recovery by tarping roofs and clearing debris. But in Mexico, both departments have teamed up to help these relief efforts because we need volunteers to help tarp roofs and clear debris, but families were also in dire need of access to clean water and food. And on top of this, Samaritan's Purse has connections with huge network of churches through Operation Christmas Child and the Hispanic Initiatives team. And the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association Rapid Response Team chaplains have also teamed up to provide spiritual help to those who are hurting. The combined effort of these departments reflect the body of Christ. Though this hurricane has deeply impacted the communities of Acapulco, it has created an opportunity for ministry, as the ultimate goal is always to share the hope of Jesus Christ. First, John Pays, the response manager for our work in Acapulco, describes how Samaritan's Purse took action after the hurricane. And when a storm like this hits, we, you know, just because we do this, we understand what the immediate needs are going to be. We understand people are going to need food and water and shelter. So we knew right away we needed to start just starting a pipeline of sending that down. So we we loaded up a plane. Our first uh, flight was a 757 on November 2nd. And over the next week, we sent three plane loads down filled with uh, over 150,000 pounds of household water filters, hygiene kits, solar lights, a lot of tarping, some cooking sets, because we just know these are things people are going to need. This response is different because I think it's using North American Ministries projects, Operation Christmas Child, as you mentioned, the Billy Graham Association. So we have four different components helping to respond. So how has working together, I guess, helped? And then what have been the challenges? I think what's very special about this response is it's given us a chance as an organization to deploy multiple groups together. So so our products department is deploying alongside North American Ministries. And the reason this is such a great context to have North American Ministries um, to do this together is because we have such a deep volunteer pool within Mexico. So the NAM model is to use volunteers to help um, roof houses and clean up. 
So what we've what we what we know we can do in this case is tap into our huge network of churches in Mexico to recruit volunteers, bring them down, and let them be part of of our response and to let them participate. So Billy Graham Association has uh, a church network of 2,000 churches, and OCC has uh, a massive church network. Just in Acapulco region alone, there are over 200 churches. And so between the Billy Graham Evangelist Association and OCC, the third group is a Mexican group called Legendarios, which is a men's group that helps act, you know, bring men and help them contribute in their community. So between those three groups, we have a very deep pool of, of volunteer resources. So what we're going to do is continue to respond the normal way we do with food, water, pushing out all these relief items, but also an extensive shelter program, which is helping bring tarping and cleanup to homes and also churches and really fuel that through volunteers that we mobilize from Mexico City and throughout the country. It's so unique how we are able to combine so many different skill sets and areas of the ministry to respond to the greatest needs in Mexico. I asked John to explain the four main areas that our team is focusing on. We have four main sectors we're working in, food, water, shelter, and then emergency non-food items. Okay, so let me explain. For food, you know, all the food, there's no food available locally, right? The grocery stores are, are closed. We, we can't draw on volunteers locally because everybody's recovering. So what we did is we organized a volunteer, basically a food packing event up in Mexico City. We had a BGEA partner church make their church slash warehouse available. We they, they recruited volunteers, so did OCC, so did Legendarius. So over four days, we had over 500 people come, and they packed 18,000 food bags. And each bag included rice, beans, and canned tuna. So these people came every day. They packed up the bags. We put these into pallets. We delivered them to the airport, and the, the Mexican military flew them down on their planes down to Acapulco. Now, when they got there, the, the military loved these bags. These are our blue Smyrna's purse bags to say God loves you. They're very, they're, they're, they're sturdy. They have handles. So the, the military actually then added to those bags more, more items. And so our team in Acapulco suddenly one day they were like, Hey, we're seeing on the bags all over the city. There's photos of people riding on a motorcycle and these bags are just <laughs> stuffed. So it's turned out to be a great tool uh, in the hands of the military to distribute. Mm-hmm. And also, um, we have more bags and food boxes we're packing and we're giving to the local churches so they can give out to their communities. Okay, so that's food. With water, we brought in four large water treatment systems and we set those up um, alongside the big uh, distribution points the military is using for the community. So each of these systems can produce enough water for 10,000 people per day. And so every day people are in lines waiting to fill up their jerry cans. We're also giving out thousands of these collapsible jerry cans so they can transport the water. We also have four smaller systems that we're setting up at churches. These systems can can provide for up to 5,000 people a day. So now people are coming to the church property from around the community to get water. And it's a great opportunity for ministry for the church. For shelter, this is where we're, we're using our North American ministry strategy. And now every day they're going out and they're going house by house and they're, they're doing cleanup. They're, they're providing tarping, whatever the, the homeowners needs. And then with um, the non-food items, these are all the items we, that we brought in our three flights. And we've given out tarps, solar lights, hygiene kits, cooking kits, household water filters. 
And obviously all of our responses, you know, we meet physical needs, but the most important is the spiritual need. And I know we have the rapid response team chaplains. Um, there's a lot of spiritual ministry going on. Can you share anything from that or how you've seen God work bringing light out of a darkness? Yeah, at every water point, we have the rapid response chaplains, and they're just ministering to people. They're offering prayer. A lot of people are just a lot of trauma, loss, shock, and they're able to just minister them, talk with them, pray with them, and they're busy all day long. We've heard reports of great conversations there, and we have people who are at a low point. They've lost everything in terms of material possessions. They are emotionally exhausted. A lot of them, you know, after disaster, there's spiritual confusion at times. Where's God? How would God allow this? And you need someone there in that moment to, as you're getting this water, to talk to you about the Lord and pray with you and and chance to minister. So it's very cool to see that happening and to see the groups working together. Stephen Flores is a Billy Graham Evangelistic Association Rapid Response Chaplain. And he was recently serving in Acapulco, and he got to share the gospel with many people. He shared with us a salvation story from his time there and how important the ministry of presence was in the midst of this response. This gentleman says, uh, hey, you know, he's from Texas, actually. He lived in Texas for a bit, and, um, and you know, he spoke both Spanish and English. And uh, he said, hey, I'm here, uh, and, and uh, you know, my wife is getting seen by a dentist. so." I just sat down and I just started to talk with him and uh, I'd ask him where was he when the storm hit and, and pretty much his story was everybody's story when he was in home. And he had a small son and a, and a teenage daughter and uh, he just mentioned how they were at one corner of the house when the, the you know, the wind just blew the roof off and, you know, they, they, was, they, were, they were terrified. And so they were, um, uh, he was scared and, um, even though he didn't say it like that, but you know, as a man, you try to hide it, but you know, I know that he was fearful and he's more fearful for his family, I think, than anything else. And then so, and he proceeded to say, you know, after the storm hit, there were people robbing stores and, um, just, you know, just, just looting. And, and he says, you know, and this is his exactly, he said, the hearts of people are just bad, you know, the evil. And he just, he was puzzled. And I said, well, you know, the Bible says that, you know, the hearts of men are desperately wicked. But at the same time, you know, God is a God that searches the hearts of men. And he desires that we, we have a heart change for him. And uh, I says, you can change it. God wants you. I believe God sent me here to sit next to you to speak about his goodness and his love. <clears throat> and he, he wants to change your heart. He says, you can make a difference. Um. If you just, you know, surrender to God, and I shared the steps to peace with him, and, and, and he received Christ. Um, right there in the midst of, you know, waiting uh, a clinic where people were everywhere. And so, um, you know, he, he said the sinner's prayer, and he, um, he repented, and he's a child of God now. This was just one of those, uh, for me, where I think ministry of presence was just so important. So all the water points were also food distribution points, as well as at times uh, non-food item um, distribution as well. Uh, and so it was plenty of ministry. Um, I just think the fact that we were there uh, meant a lot to them. Uh, many of them were thankful and grateful. But um, at the same time, we had plenty of opportunities to share. Um, and the team had about nine salvations. 
I love how the ministry of presence, just sitting, talking, and loving on someone in the midst of their storm can help turn their hearts towards Christ. Next, I want to introduce you to Angel Jordan. Angel is the Director of Hispanic Initiatives for Samaritan's Purse in the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. He was in Acapulco shortly after the disaster took place. Angel used to live in Mexico. He has many pastor friends whose lives were also uprooted by the hurricane. And when he arrived on the ground, he met up with one of his pastor friends who was shocked by the devastation. The first stop was to go visit his church. That is the largest church in Acapulco. And uh, because he le- he flew the city uh, when everything happened. And by, by our surprise, the church was completely destroyed. Um, so it was, was able to be with him, with this pastor, to process his loss. And then as we started driving around the city and just to see all the destruction, like 85% of the city completely destroyed, uh, people looking for, for food and just see the people run into the grocery stores and grab whatever they find to eat. and uh, So that day was a, a shock to me. The majority of churches are destroyed, and but they are still uh, raising up. So when Samaritans first came and uh, we started working with all the churches, they were happy that in the midst of the storm, there is hope. Uh, the hope that is Jesus. Because of the hope found in Christ and Christ alone, churches in Acapulco are able to see past their current circumstances and rise up to help their people. Angel shared a story that took place at a distribution where the pastors did exactly that. We went to a rural area as well with Samaritan first to give some uh, water filters and solar lights. Um, the pastors were there and it was a good moment that where a pastor raised his voice and started sharing about Jesus. and uh, They started singing and praising God. And then uh, some children were able to uh, give their hearts to heart to Jesus. So during the distribution, uh, we it was a spontaneous setup right there. And just uh, the church raising up to, to continue sharing Jesus. Clearly, the church isn't shying away from helping the vulnerable and proclaiming Jesus' name in the streets. And people are hungry and willing to listen. Now I want you to hear more from a local pastor who is making a difference in his community. You heard his voice at the beginning of the episode, and I want you to hear more of his heart for the country. Pastor Pazan has lived in Acapulco for over 10 years now. Previously, he and his wife lived in northern Mexico. But they saw a huge need in Acapulco. So they picked up their lives and answered the call to go minister to this city. When the hurricane came through, it was devastating. But Pastor Hassan remarked that on the other hand, it will open the doors for ministry. Our team on the ground was able to talk to Pastor Hassan. You can even hear the waves in the background as they talked about the coastal community of Acapulco. He shared how relieved he was to find out that Samaritan's Purse was coming to help. But when this hurricane hit Otis, um, I was overwhelmed. I, I didn't even know where to start. I, uh, you know, just hope had been drained out of me like, man. And so for a while, I, w- I was just paralyzed. I didn't respond really. And so when I heard Samaritan's Purse was coming down, 
oh, you have no idea the relief it gave me. Um, just to be able to glean, but also know that there's a bigger team that has done this before and that can teach us and that we can work alongside gave me so much hope. And honestly, I'm not just saying this, but it really stirred me up to step forward and get, get things into action. From Samaritan's Purse, having them come down and setting up pretty much every vital necessity for the community was such a blessing. But I think the number one thing that Samaritan's Purse has given us, apart from hope, which would be number one, number two would be uh, order. There's chaos. There's chaos. Um, and Samaritan's Purse, you can tell they know what they're doing. Yeah. And it's given a lot of structure to the churches because the churches is kind of like uh, every man for himself in that sense. They didn't know how to just, we didn't know how really to disperse of the few resources we had. Pastor Hassan hopes to see the church rise up. He wants to come alongside those that are reeling after the disaster and give them assurance in Christ. Now is the time for the church to be the hands and feet of Jesus in Acapulco. But the church has been open. And so we want them to see that Christ has that heart. Christ doesn't reject anybody. His arms are open to receive everybody. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, rich or poor, you're going to have a home in the church. And so that's why it's very essential to the community. Really, my prayer is that all of the churches here would be strong, would be built up, that this would wake us up. Christ is coming. And maybe we haven't been using the time as we should. And this is, this is definitely waking all of us up. And so I think it's going to make us strong. And so we're going to be an unmovable force here in Acapulco. And we want it to, we want to give Acapulco back its glory, but in, in the name of Jesus, you know, that it would be credited back to Jesus Christ, that Acapulco would be heard of again, but not so much because of the beaches, but because the Lord's doing something. We want people to hear Jesus Christ moving in Acapulco. I also talked to Jason Kimak, the Senior Director of North American Ministries, about what this response will look like moving forward as well as what he saw with his time in the field with my husband, Edward Graham. So now we're going to continue to work with some food items for families. That's still a great need. Is mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe right there in the middle of the city, um, you know, grocery stores are starting to open back up a little bit, and there, mm -hmm. there's some food opportunities because of the government. But as you get to the out, the outer parts of mm -hmm. the city, that's a lot of times where people get left behind and forgotten. So we're working with those churches to continue to provide food uh, out in those areas because there's a great need. We had a pastors meeting when Edward was in town, and you know we had pastors from different areas. And the one that was kind of from that up in the mountains a little mm -hmm. bit, you know, he's still saying he's like, "We need food. Our people need mm -hmm. food." And he gave an incredible testimony how the storm hit, and he just took the time to pray. He he knew his his area was hurting deeply and they were hurting before mm. but he said they're just devastated he just cried out to god how can i help and he said it was not long after that that he was contacted by a local that hey samaritan's purse is coming in and um they want to help you help your community mm. and this is an opportunity for the gospel and so he was just excited um it it would take a long time to recover as far as just tarping and roofs on houses and mm -hmm. And then churches, too. A lot of churches were destroyed. Yeah. And so I know one of our goals is to get in, and, and how can we help these churches get rebuilt? 
Acapulco was a really dangerous place, and um, cartels, multiple of them, um, controlled the city. And I, so I think they see this as an opportunity to to help, and the church is going to be a vital part of that, right? Mm-hmm. The the gospel to transform the lives of this whole city. And I know Sarah's Purse, we, we partner with a local church. We want the church to thrive. Mm-hmm. And these pastors are passionate about the gospel, and they're going to get out there and, and share the love of Jesus Christ. Um, I know when I was there with Edward, too, we were just checking on a site. They were doing some work on this house right by the water filter. And uh, this older lady, you, you know, just... And seeing her just really uh, dark skin, very very worn weather, just you know life life was a was tough, and um, you know, but she had a really big smile on her face, looking back at us, and she just was trying to say thank you, and uh, she was saying the she said the phrase to God be the glory, like she was just saying the same thing as the team was working on her home, and um, there was a lot of fruit there, and that's uh, what it's all about. It's why we do what we do. It's mm-hmm. it's. For people to come to faith in Christ and to give them hope in the physical peace, but also, mm-hmm. most importantly, in the spiritual. I love how Jason explained the heart behind what we do. Samaritan's Purse works to meet the physical needs, but most importantly, the spiritual needs. And prayer is so vital to this work. To close, I asked John how we can be praying for Alcapulco. Because this is going to be a long-term rebuild and, and many people's homes were destroyed and you know it's it's not going to happen overnight i think again the new cycles move on but you've you've stayed and watched the long-term rebuild so i know our our response will continue to shift and change as the needs change but how can we be praying yeah i think about it as these phases where the first phase is just this emergency response just usually the first few weeks and then you you move into a recovery phase that's several weeks, and then you go into a longer rebuild phase. And I mean, our goal is to, as part of our mission statement, is to strengthen the church and to do what we can so that by the time we leave, the, the platform of the church is stronger. And so in these early days, you see pastors, you know, they've just lost their homes. Like we're in there, we're providing fooding, feeding programs, we're doing cleanup, but I mean, you see people volunteering from the church, but they're also, they've lost their own homes, right? Mm-hmm. So so they're sort of in this period of shock. So what we want to do, and, and we're starting that now, is transition to like, how do we help their homes? How do we help their church? So ultimately, I just think people, we, we ask you to pray for the church, for the strength and just sustainability of, of the church now in its form. Um, but also like for them as they recover and have strength to, to minister to others and bring them through hope. And that the goal is that there would be a, a big revival. As, I mean, when you lose everything, you stop and think about your whole life and who is God? Why are we here? You know, all those questions. And so we, we want the church to be the ones that really can provide hope during this time. So let's just pray for revival in Acapulco. All these different departments, people with unique backgrounds and expertise, were coming together for the same cause, to shine God's light in the darkness. I loved hearing these perspectives from people who are directly involved in the response. And it's clear that God is active. He is working in Mexico. He is softening hearts and spurring on pastors to take up their cross and follow Him. Romans 12.12 says, Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. And that is what we're seeing, and that's what I want you to pray over Mexico as 
they are responding to this devastation. There's a long road ahead, but with God, we are able to rejoice through the hard. Please join me in praying for the things that John talked about as well. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a great week.